The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Um that was that was ugly, wasn't it? Folks, uh your Montreal Canadiens lose seven to two to the Florida Panthers in Florida. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Size and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and oof, I'm not pissed off. Um, I'm still sick. Big shout out to my homeboy Jared Book for covering for me last night. Um, but, you know, I was well enough. I wanted to get this one in. I was hoping for a better effort overall from the Habs uh, going into that game. But what are you going to do? This has been a season of pretty piss poor efforts. And at the very least, you know, uh, there was also a game that was running pretty much concurrently with that Habs game. I have happened to feature a, a certain Connor Bedard. So when you see them, you know, get pumped 7-2 to like that, you don't feel too bad knowing that, you know, more of those 7-2 to pumpings might lead you to getting Connor Bedard on your team. Man, is he good. And they just might get him with more efforts like that one. Um, look, look, let's do a quick recap. It, it was a pretty decent start. I felt like the first couple of minutes were not that bad. Um, I felt like it was going to end up being a better game than they, than they put out against Tampa the previous night. Uh, decent start. But of course, almost three minutes into the game, um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Early period goals, man, in the Habs. They just keep happening. And uh, point shot, almost three minutes in. Looks like it goes off Barkov and in. Uh, they do credit it to Sasha Barkov, so it's one nothing Florida. Uh, Yoel Armia, later on in that period, takes a high-sticking penalty. Just past the halfway point, I think. And it's Barkov again. This time he's in the face-off circle and just snipes one, makes it 2 nothing. Uh, but then the Habs get a power play later on in that period. The power play's been pretty terrible. Right near the end of that power play. They have Arbor Jacki on there for the first time in what feels like quite a while. They're finally not doing the whole five forward thing. And Arbor Jacki puts one on net through traffic, manages to get it through everybody, and in it's two to one. The Habs have life, but that life is taken very shortly after that. Scramble in front of the Habs net with about four minutes to go in the period. And guess who? Sasha Barkov bangs it in. Uh, he's got a first period hat trick. Um, I, apparently, it was actually the fastest hat trick in Florida Panthers history. Who knew? Uh, Habs setting records all over the place, the kinds of records that you don't want to set. And it's 3-1 to one for the Florida Panthers. But another Habs power play. Yes. Another Habs power play goal? You can hope for it. You're probably never going to see two in the same period. But guess what? They fucking do it. Four-minute high-sticking penalty, um, not long after the Barkov uh, hat-trick goal, and it leads to some chances, but towards the end of that power play, towards the end of the period, uh, point shot by Mike Hoffman, the rebound gets banged in by Josh Anderson, and that makes it 3-2, to two. so we're going into the second period with a tight game, <laughs> only down by one goal, but what did I say about early period goals? Um, <laughs> very early in the second period, too many men penalty on the Habs, Brandon Montour puts one on net, and Matt Kachuk tips it in. That makes it 4-2. to two. 
And then we go into the third period, and the wheels are off at this point. Uh, the wheels are completely off. Early period goal again. Uh, there was a rush chance. Carter Verhage keeps it, goes upstairs, makes it 5-2. to two. A few minutes later, Kirby Dock gets a high-sticking penalty. Matt Kachuk down in front, bangs it in, makes it 6-2. to two. And then uh, Lusterinen, whoever that is, I don't even know this guy, makes it 7-2 to two not long after that. It gets ugly. Um, that was your final score. Um, Joel Edmondson threw an ugly cross-check on Radko Gudis late in the game. And uh, it actually led to, uh, after his Mark Stahl took him down, and they took out a linesman, and the linesman looked to have hurt his knee. So you guys know I complain a lot about the refs. Um, I do wish him well, though. I hope that linesman recovers quickly. That looked pretty ugly. Um, and also, to make matters worse, you know, add injury to insult, so to speak, um, Caden Gooley actually went down awkwardly in the corner uh, and looked to hurt his knee. He did skate off on his own power and walk to the room on his own power. But, you know, all in all, um, really not... <laughs> the kind of game that you want to watch uh not not the way you want to spend your thursday night anyways um what, what are you going to do though it's a 7-2 loss one for the tank i guess doesn't help us with florida's draft pick that we own in that draft as well but you know one way or the other they're going to have decent odds in the lottery um man what can i say um silver lining of the night let's let's go into that let's talk about something positive before i talk about the negative things um i'm going with arbor jacki and um, I, I submit to the Montreal Canadiens that you need to keep this guy in the power play, man. Um, I, I don't know if he can be your power play quarterback long term, but clearly they looked considerably better with him on that power play than they did without him. Uh, the five forward thing needs to stop. And Arbor Jacka is a guy that, you know, they, they put up a graphic on there. He's top five in NHL defenseman, rookie defenseman scoring. And he's the only one in that top five who wasn't drafted. What a story this guy is. I mean, I know when you look at him, you don't necessarily think that this guy could be that power play quarterback that I alluded to, right? And I'm not sure, as I mentioned, if he can be that long term. But give him the chance, man. Everybody has doubted this guy for a long time. Uh, there was a few teams that were interested in him when he, when he didn't get picked up in the draft and you know he was available. Um, he's spoken before about how a couple of different teams had reached out, uh, but the Habs are the ones who ended up getting him. So you gave him that opportunity. Keep giving him opportunities and see what he can do with those. Because, man, it's one of the best stories in the NHL right now, right? Guy goes from getting yelled at by some idiot Costco manager because he was spending too much time on hockey to playing in the NHL, doing interviews and intermissions on TSN Live. Like, this guy, he's good, all right? He's better than anybody gave him credit for, and I, I think that they need to keep giving him opportunities and find out exactly how good he can be. Um, you lose nothing by doing it, right? He uh, Technically, that goal that he scored wasn't actually a power play goal. I'm not sure if I mentioned that during the recap, so I should mention it now. It was right after the power play finish, but it's basically a power play goal at that point, right? It's the way the entire play developed and where he took the shot from. It's something that you do on the power play. And the crazy thing is, is he's done this multiple times this season with just that quick flick from the blue line. He doesn't even line up the clapper. I'm telling you, anybody who watched him in junior, if you watched him with Kishner, with Hamilton, you've seen him line up that clapper before. He's got a very good clapper. When he gets the time and the space to start letting that thing go, you're going to find out that he can really slap it. And, you know, the only way that they're going to find that out is by continuing to give him opportunities in the power play. So he's your silver lining of the night. I, I really hope that they continue putting him on that power play. I think that, you know, it's not necessarily going to make them a, a top power play in the league. Uh, There's very little they could accomplish that at this stage. But I think it'll make them slightly more respectable. And I think that's about the most that you can ask from this team at this point is just to look a little bit more respectable than they have. 
Um, now I guess we got to move on to negative things, right? So let's start with the penalty kill. The penalty kill was atrocious in this game. I don't know what happened, honestly. Early in the season, they were aggressive and, you know, they were pursuing the puck. They were trying to turn it over and create odd man rushes the other way and they were doing it. They were getting odd man rushes while killing penalties. Now it looks like they're just trying to survive for two minutes, right? They're just going into a box and they're just kind of going down, praying and hoping that the puck hits them when they do go down to block shots. And there's no real strategy. There's no aggression to it. I always found that, you know, at least in my experience watching the Habs, the best power play or the best penalty kills are the ones that are fucking aggressive, that are chasing you down, trying to get that puck trying to turn it over and then they have a guy up high that's willing or and that has the speed to cut into the middle and take off and maybe get a breakaway <laughs> now they have guys with speed <clears throat> and they put some of those guys on those penalty kills but they're not aggressive anymore they're very passive they're willing to sit back and just wait and try to block shots and i don't know maybe that's their strategy maybe they want to be bad at it so that they can try to improve their draft position or their draft lottery odds at the very least but um it's tough to watch it's very tough to watch. I would much rather see them get aggressive again uh, and start trying to pursue those pucks. Maybe it'll happen. Um, I, I think if they if they sit down and they watch enough film on it, they're probably going to kind of come up with, you know, that's the only way that they're going to get better is, is by starting to get aggressive like they were early on in the season. Um, at least for the first third of the season, I think they were, uh, you know, like a top 10 penalty kill in the league. You know, <laughs> it's the same team. What happened? You got less aggressive. That's what happened. That's what I think happened anyways. Um, until they hire me as a coach, we'll never find out if my ideas actually work. And they're never going to hire me as a coach, are they? So, <laughs> yeah. Penalty kill, big, big, big miss in that game. Um, I would complain about the power play at this point and about Alex Burrows, but um, I can't really do that. They technically scored twice. So, got to leave that one alone. Um, I will, however complain about um, Joel Edmondson for a second here first of all that cross check on Gudis was unnecessary I don't know why he was doing that uh, it's late in the game that you're you're losing pretty handily if you want to fight him fight him I don't think Radko Gudis is the kind of guy to, to decline a fight invitation just fight him don't throw a gutty cross check like that um, I mean it, it, it had no place it I'm not blaming him for the the linesman that got hurt that was more it wasn't really Mark Stahl's fault but it was you know he took him down they go down to the ice and they kind of sweep his leg out from underneath him but it was there was no need for that there's no need for that whatsoever and plus you've been playing like shit for a while Eddie you probably should focus on you know getting your game up to where it needs to be not getting upset uh, over something good as did and then going after him with a cheap shot you know, and again, if you want to go after him, that's there's no problem with that. I have no problem with you going after the guy, but fight him, go square up with him. Don't throw the cheap shot. All you did was put him put put the team down an extra man, and cause issues, right? There's no there's no point to it. I don't I don't get it. Um, I, I'd really appreciate it if he would just focus on his game for a little bit instead of worrying about that kind of crap. I don't know. Um, outside of that. I don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, Samuel Montembeau just couldn't save them in this one. It's not like he played bad. He didn't get beat by a bunch of really ugly goals or anything. It was just it was just a piss-poor effort from the Habs. Pillar to post. They, they, they got taken to the cleaners by the Florida Panthers. And I don't feel like that's a team that should be taking you to the cleaners. Um, I guess the, the, the last thing to talk about is, you know, is Caden Gooley injured or not? We saw him go down. 
Um, I'm sure you can go. And, uh, I think Scott Matla. I don't have gifts right now because I'm not at home. Uh, I'm at my my sister-in-law's house, so I can't make gifts on this particular computer. But I'm sure you can find a clip of it on Twitter, and Scott Matla probably has it on his Twitter. But he kind of goes into the corner, right? And then as he's going down, he's kind of pinned. I forget who it was, but he's pinned in between him and the boards a little bit. And then when he goes down, like you see the way the, the way that his weight shifted onto his uh, his right leg. I think it was his right leg onto the knee. It twisted it in a weird way, and it looked to me like like a knee issue. Again, as I mentioned before, he did get up and skate off on his own power. So, you know, on one hand, you could say well, that's good news. He he didn't look to be super hurt, but he certainly didn't have to get stretchered off or helped off. So that's that's good to see. But at the same time, you know, this is a young player. You don't want to see him clutching his knee after a fall like that. So, um, I hope if he's anything less than 100% and I mean a full 100 I'm not talking you know a shade less than 100 hold him out on Saturday don't play him on Saturday you got nothing to gain by playing hurt players this season certainly not a young defenseman that's poised to be uh, a top four defender for you for years to come I talked about that graphic right the top five NHL uh, rookie defenseman in scoring Gooley's number two Jack guy's like number five which is super impressive. Gooley's number two. You got two very good young defensemen there. Don't let anybody, certainly not one of your top defensemen, play injured. If they're anything less than 100%, hold them out. Um, I'm still sick, so I think I'm going to cut it off there. I don't really have anything else to say. That was a garbage game. Um, not one that I want to watch again. But as I mentioned, I did get to sneak in some peeks in between uh, you know, plays at the Habs game. So I was trying to focus on the Habs game, but I did get to sneak some peeks at Connor Bedard and Team Canada. And who Connor Bedard would look great in a Montreal Canadiens uniform, folks. You know who else is going to look great in a Montreal Canadiens uniform is Joshua Roy. He's got four points in two games since he got bumped up in the lineup. Um, man, there, there are exciting times ahead for the Montreal Canadiens, especially if they can get their hands on Bedard. But even if they don't, uh, they're going to have two picks in the first round, maybe more. And, um, you know, better times are ahead for the Montreal Canadiens and for the fans who like to watch them. So, you know, we're going to have to suffer through some more games like this this season, it seems. Um, but I do think, as I mentioned, there are some things, a.k.a. the penalty kill and the power play, that they could change that might make them a little bit more competitive from here on out, even if they're still losing. That's it for this one. Um, that's all I really have to say. We're running what? Uh, over 14 minutes. So, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.